How you feeling, Micah? Oh, I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. Why is it only your mic? I do not know. Which one is this? This one so feels cool. like... Roboto. It's Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Ramsey Solutions. <laughs> With your host, Dave. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. We literally have not talked until this moment. Oh, yeah. We have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> to hear about some stuff. Mike, are you okay over I'm there? trying to fix this mic. Here, let's just take a pause. I think we're good now. It just seems really in your face. He <laughs> <laughs> wanted to peek oh under the arm. God. Are you about to rap? <laughs> I wanted to be under it. Let's make sure you're comfortable, man. We just, this is all about you. <laughs> Leah's going to start us off with uh, a great story oh this morning. She told us she had a dream about uh, something pretty funny. It was not a dream. It was a nightmare. Um, set the scene. It's 4 a.m. Sunday morning, and I am in a panic. I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I just had this nightmare. So picture this. I'm so, I'm at the church in my dream. I'm so worried that we don't have enough communion, right? Because that's what everybody has nightmares about. Um, so I'm back in the back and I only find one little bucket of communion. And I'm like, this is not going to be okay. So then I'm like, okay, I got to make some more. So I find some crackers, make some, you know, crackers. And then I run out. So of course, the next best thing, I start tearing up pieces of lettuce for <laughs> communion. And I'm frantic <laughs> trying to make all this communion. And I then I finally figure out I have enough. So I go out into the foyer and all the people are out there. And I was like, what is going on? And Seth is so mad. He comes up to me and he goes, I look at my watch. It's 9.15. They'd only been in service for 15 minutes. And he goes, Leah, you have to learn your lesson. This is your fault. They're not going to get <laughs> church today because you oh didn't have gosh. communion ready. So he canceled like, church? Yes. <laughs> so that's why I woke up in a panic. And that's why I got to church really, really early on Sunday. The funniest part about that story is that it was lettuce. It was lettuce. Yeah, why lettuce. was it so lettuce? Funny. I don't know. How our brains work. It's like, yeah, this is crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should research and see what lettuce means in dreams. I think oh. it means I had a salad the night before. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Some bad good. romaine. That's great. Micah, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. Micah, how was Sunday night? You had college students Sunday night. How was Sunday that? night. It was super chill. And uh, we just played pickleball and phase 10 and some Mario Kart. Did you win some pickleball matches? I didn't lose one. Dude, you're good. Everybody's saying you're really good at pickleball. I'm I'm not as good as Allie. I was Allie is very good. Allie Bishop? Yeah. We'll make sure we cut that so she doesn't get too yeah, amen. you know, please. <laughs> too proud of her pickleball game. Yeah. I am a little sleepy, but uh got some good rest last night. So why are you sleepy? <laughs> uh went camping. You did. And uh camping is one of those things that sounds great. <laughs> and then you get there and you start unloading. 
and it takes forever, and then you're setting up everything, takes forever. You're trying to cook, and it's hard because mm. anyway, and then you get done, and then it's just time to like go to bed or like. Did you go camping or did you go glamping? Definitely camping. Slept on the ground. Yeah, we were <laughs> outside. We were more in the glamping category, but I do have a pregnant wife, yeah, so yeah, yeah. air mattress, that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, Y'all we were in bring a tent. mattress or anything. We so I went to Walmart and got a uh, like a mattress topper, like mm-hmm. the foam kind of thick foam thing, and that helped. It's like a waterbed. Rachel Rachel says she was great. She was like, "But you're a little bigger, so." <laughs> and I was like, she said, me and Seven were great, but I can see where it would probably been hard for you. <laughs> Before you spoil what happened on the trip, Why Micah, I'm so tired. Micah, I need you to get your phone out, and I need you to Google. It just would be better if you read what happened. Type in Devil's Den Campsite, because that's where we went, and then click on Devil's Den Park and go to the reviews. You leave a review. I left a review this oh morning. <laughs> oh my gosh! Sir. It should be first on the list. Just scroll over to the reviews. Oh, I see. I see your review. Such an amazing experience. Our family had a blast. This was our first expedition as a family of four. Myself, my pregnant wife, our four-year-old, and our two-year-old went camping with some friends. To be exact, we were at campsite ninety-seven and <laughs> Devil's Den Park. We got the campsite set up and we were thrilled to make memories with our kids as the sun began to set and the fire burned bright in the fire pit (laughs) s'mores were roasted and lots of snacks were consumed sounds great right we noticed off in the distance a small posse of skunks (laughs) (laughs) i wish i was joking we now understand why this campsite was available last minute on a holiday weekend. <laughs> campsite 97 will forever be seared into my soul. From 8 p.m. through the early morning, our campsite was invaded by skunks. We threw rocks. We put up all the food. <laughs> but they continued to relentlessly invade our campsite. They have no chill, no fear, and no awareness that they are not welcomed. A few times they sprayed, thankfully not on any of us. I write this to inform you, please go to Devil's Den Campsite, but whatever you do, do not reserve Campsite 97. (laughs) I am a firm believer in God, and in his word, he says, do not fear, because I've overcome the world. Cool, God, but why did you allow Noah to take skunks on the ark, asking for a friend, dot, dot, dot. Devil's Den is now named Skunk's Den. Hashtag Skunkfest. Hashtag Skunk City. Hashtag Skunkosaurus Rex. What? <laughs> you have been warned. Heart. Heart? <laughs> Heart. I gave it five stars because it, it was really a great weekend. I mean, yeah. it was. Oh, it, yeah. We had our good time. Andrew and I hunted skunks for three hours, probably. We I hit... Probably 10 with rocks. They're relentless, dude. He hit one with a rock. He was like, bam. (laughs) (laughs) Did it die? Did you kill it? No, No. dude. I like, I I hit several skunks. Throwing rocks as hard as I could. And they just, it's like they had armor on. Yeah. They thought it was a game. I guess so. And we went went chasing one like up, you know, to the bathroom area. Away, away from, it was like it was leading us away. 
And then we got back to camp, and some of the neighbors were like, "Yeah, while y'all were up there, there's like four right around y'all's picnic table." Oh my! They were gosh. like, they were like walking behind our tent, brushing up behind it. And Kendra was like, "Babe, was that you out like messing with the tent?" I was like, "No, me and Andrew were skunk hunting." They were like rubbing up against the tent, trying to get inside of it. That's so creepy. Pretty sure there was like a den right behind that campsite. There was. I think that's why they were right there. So were they just going to your campsite? Or yes. They kept coming to our campsite. Hmm. Well, I think that I may have provoked them, possibly, because I was oh, gathering. You went to get the the wood. wood yeah. That's right. I forgot to bring firewood, and it's like number one <laughs> yeah. on the camping list. <laughs> it's so like I'm in I'm in the woods like with a little hatchet chopping stuff up. Of course, and there was you this... did that on purpose just so you yeah could do you're it. right you're right. <laughs> um, and I I turned over this giant log and there was a huge hole in the ground. I don't know if that's where they live, but every time mm. we would throw rocks at them, that's where they went to. They they went back to that hole and you found so the den of probably devils. where they live. <laughs> I'm just thankful we didn't get sprayed by skunks. So so they didn't they did spray or they didn't smelled it multiple times, times yeah. but nothing like it wasn't like they just like released everything. There was, was this like kind of there was a few times shots across the belt. Andrew was the in charge of the light, and so he would spot. It's pitch black outside. Okay, right. He would have the spotlight, which was pretty bright. He was like honed in right on the skunk, and I would chunk a rock. And sometimes the skunks would not run away from us; they would run at us. Mm-hmm. It was bizarre. What time of the day was this? I mean, it started at like eight thirty, yeah. and then we were throwing rocks. Till midnight, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were sitting around the campfire just talking, and then they would just walk up, like, right next to us. Let's let's jump into uh, Jonah 3, and uh, let's just talk about what you guys... There's a lot here, so I'm curious to hear uh, y'all's takeaways. Jonah 3, so we know Jonah has ran from God. He gets thrown overboard. Fish picks him up, takes him back. He prays in the fish, and God forgives him, gives him another chance. Second chance, Jonah 3 starts. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I give to you. It says your sin, what you said is your sin is not the exception of God's grace. Mm. Grace, like water, flows to the lowest place in your life. I thought that was really cool. That's a neat visual. That is really good. Seth's taking a picture of me right now. <laughs> you just look you look so majestic, your hair is glowing with the light behind you. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Grace oh. flows to the lowest part. Yeah, I read that. That was from a poem. Um oh, cool. I found a poem online and it was uh that was like a little excerpt out of it. I don't I should have gave the lady credit. Her name was Maria something. But um, Antoinette. Hashtag Maria. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> But it's so good, it's so, and it's so true. Um, Romans 5.20, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The second part of that quote was, your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace, and your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. You said something about um, watering down the gospel is mm-hmm. very dangerous, and it just got me thinking, like, most people the basics of the basics know the gospel, but they think they need more Mm. to like convince people or have eloquent words or whatever. But we know the basics and that's all we're required to share. Um, 
so like, I don't know. I was thinking two, two ways. Like you can't water down the gospel and say just little parts that you want and not offend people. But at the same time, like all you need to know is the basics of the truth and God takes care of the rest. That's um, and that's like a principle <laughs> that I have come to love in life is you are only responsible for your actions and reactions mm. and everyone else is responsible for everything else. Um, so like thinking about later on, you said that it's God's responsibility to save and their responsibility to respond. All we have to do is share. Amen. All we have to do is be obedient. That's good, so, Amen. Yeah. That scripture we read last week, I can't think of the, I think it's in first Thessalonians, but it, it talks about, um, not only did we share the gospel with them, but we shared our lives as well. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, you know, and we say the this kind of tagline every weekend here in Fayetteville is learn someone's name, learn someone's story, speak to their potential. And and the fourth thing, is ultimately, after you've built a relationship, because what that is, is that's, hey, build a relationship with someone. Um, I'm not the type of person that can go like street evangelize. That's not like my thing. Um, I would do it. It's just I don't feel like that's what God has asked me to do. And I don't think I would be really good at it either. I think the fourth thing, if we were to add a fourth one, it's and share the gospel. But I think often people get that out of order and they share the gospel and then try to learn someone's name Mm -hmm. and then learn someone's story and then speak to their potential. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying... I have never really seen that go well. It's like that old phrase, um, people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care. Yeah. Mm. So like they're I feel like their um receptiveness is gonna turn completely off if you just lead out with something that A is unfamiliar or B maybe they've been hurt by in the past. Yeah. They're completely gonna shut down. But if you go about it like learning who they are and caring about who they are, I think they'll respond a lot better. Well and if we're if we're really living life with God at the center, then that just kind of will naturally happen too. Because if we're, if we're always like in tune with God in our relationships, in our communication with each other, in our conversations, then God's going to naturally just bring up moments. Uh, You know, we mentioned on Sunday, God could have chose any other way. And I wrestle with this as a pastor. It's like God could have chose to speak through the stars or the clouds or, you know, the, the lightning and the thunder. And, and there were times in the old Testament, he did these things. He could have spoke through an animal, you know, he could have, he could have, we joked about it, but in halftime of the Razorback game, this giant altar call of a voice from heaven, like shares the gospel and then people respond. But that's obviously we know that's not how God planned for it to be. He planned for us to use our lives and our mouths to, share the gospel. And even on Sunday, like, or leading up to Sunday, as I was writing, I was like, man, this seems so elementary. Like this seems way too foundational. And the more that I wrote, the more that I realized, um, you know, the New Testament speaks about it a lot. There will be a day where people will come to tickle the ears of people who will Mm. listen and people will just want to listen to whatever makes them happy right. or whatever fits their need or whatever pleases them. Or in going back to Jonah chapter three, he was sharing a message with these people that completely goes against everything that they believe, everything mm. that they do, the sin, the torture, the the what the barbaric lifestyle that they were living. 
And not only that, but the Ninevites were, the, it was the Assyrian capital of the world. They were the enemies of the Israelites. They were, they were against each other. And so like when you look at it in full scope, it's kind of crazy to think that, man, Jonah, one, he heard from God. Yeah. But then, too, he was obedient with what God asked him to do. And then because of his obedience and the goodness and grace of God, all of these people get saved. And now I can't wait for chapter four because it's a plot twist, and that's going to be fun this <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. And because it's it, what you think would happen did not happen. It was, it was wild to me. But the fact that God wants to use our mouth, God wants to use our life to share the gospel— uh, has there ever been a time in y'all's life where you knew that God was asking you to share it? Maybe it was in a situation, maybe it was with a family member, and you either did or maybe you didn't. What, what was that like? I just had a cool thing a couple months ago. I was with my uncle and never in a million years would have just like tons of time to talk to him about my faith, but we ended up having to drive somewhere together and he brought it up. And he, he kind of opened up like, oh, I know you work for a church. And I was like, my heart started pounding. I was like, God. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I started telling him about like, yes, I love that I work for a church, but also like God is so important to me and he has changed my life. And here's how and here's mm. why. And I got to tell him all about wow. that. And then he got to talk about how he's been wanting to go back to church and like he didn't know where to start. So we talked about that. Just getting to share with him how the Lord has changed my life was really cool. And he brought it up. The Lord like made him bring it up because mm -hmm. I think he knew I probably wouldn't jump right there. Mm -hmm. But I stepped through that little door as soon as he opened it. And it was That's really good, cool. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I really try to do that wherever I go. Like I remember one time me and Andrew went to like a um, botanical gardens. No. Wait, <laughs> you what? Guys went to the botanical <laughs> what were y'all doing there? No. Just on a lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> Just going for a stroll. Went to see some butterflies. They had some really rare butterflies. <laughs> Not the botanical gardens. The Olive nursery. Garden. The <laughs> it was Olive Garden. That's oh, where we went. Oh, right. No, it was the nursery. Remember that lady like helping us with the trees? Oh, we were buying it was we were buying rocks and stuff for uh Easter. Good Friday. That's what it is. That's what it was. Yeah. We're buying ferns for the bottom of the cross. Yep. And, you know, it was just like this lady was like, you know, just kind of wiry and she was excited. And I was like, hey, do you want to, wiry isn't a bad thing, Leah. Why'd just you a laugh? weird adjective. <laughs> wiry. <laughs> She's just like excited, just kind of like all over the place a little bit. But she, uh, you know, we just got to invite her to church. And she was just, she was like, wow, honestly, like nobody's really like invited me to church in a while. Mm. So it's just like a, a thing that I feel like not as many people do anymore. Man, I'm glad you brought that up. I had forgot about that. But that is, that is like, I feel like a perfect example of when you meet a perfect stranger mm. and there's an immediate connection. Yeah. And I think most times people don't know what to do with that because they're not, like, I'm not thinking spiritually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when that happened, I was so thankful Michael was there. And I, I think I told you this after I was like, bro, I would have never thought. Yep. to ask her to come to church. I yeah. don't know why. I just wasn't just like, man, she is very friendly. This is really cool. She's just like helping us, and we're walking all around getting these ferns. But Micah invited her, and, it, and then it just like, it was almost like the Lord was like, that's why he had us go there. That's why he put us there that day. And so, yeah, I have in my life, and I, I've told you all this before, but 
I feel like there have been many. I'm, I'm on the side of where I don't share. Mm. And the reason is because, and I'm just kind of like the older I get, learning more about myself, is that it's like a people pleaser part of my personality is I know that if I share what God has done with me and the goodness of God in my life, that it won't be received like that. Mm. It'll be received with the other person's, uh, you know, mental, uh, I don't know if barriers or like what has happened to them in their life Mm. um, because of church. You know, so they may have had bad experiences with church or, you know, who knows what has happened because there's been so much church hurt and so many pastors that have hurt people. And and so I'm always thinking through that lens when I'm talking to somebody. And so a lot of times I feel like I uh, don't share what God has done in me because I'm worried about how they'll receive it. And I'm so worried about like it's a people pleaser kind of a thing. I just don't want them to put up any walls. And I mean, I think there is a time, like like we were saying, like there's a time to get to know somebody first. And if you don't have the that connection yeah. immediately, yeah. But I feel like that's something the Lord is working with me. Uh, and I think put me in that situation with Micah multiple times. We were at Chewy's one time and we were sitting at the bar. We were not drinking, <laughs> but Micah just like was like, yeah, let's get a seat. Let's hurry up. And uh he was he was inviting the the bartender to church, and I just uh, I admire that about you, dude. Yeah, and I think it's something God is is working on in me. Yeah, and I remember Andrew called me after that happened because, you know, we were getting ready for the Easter service, Good Friday service, and all that, and he was like, "Bro," he was because he's still figuring out, he's still learning, you know, Micah, and he was like, "Dude, Micah just invited this complete random person." And I'm like, I've seen him do this for, you know, six, seven years. And so I was like, yeah, that's, that's what Micah does. But it's like, no, that's like what Christians should do. That's like Mm -hmm. what we should do. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way, um, almost to default. Um, even thinking about, uh, this last season I played on the church softball team, you know, dusting off the, the cleats a little bit and trying to have some fun. But when I was out there, um, you know, I'm, the pastor. And so sometimes I just want to be, and I know this, this sounds bad, but sometimes I just want to just be a person, you know, and I want people to not act weird around me. Well, like, as soon as, as soon as you say you work for a church or whatever, yes, if they have cussed right before that yeah. in the conversation, yeah. I'm so sorry, oh, I'm so sorry, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry Reverend Pastor so, Bishop. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That is so true. I, that's why Brother. I try to like, <laughs> but I not say what I do. And like. then it's weird. Cause I'm in a place where it's like, Oh no, man, it's okay. But then it's like, but then it, you know, it's like whatever they're usually apologizing for. It's like it's not okay. But then it's like this weird thing, right? Yeah. And it's it's such a straight. But like Micah said, it, it goes back to being in the Bible Belt. People they have this understanding, this thought, this you know, thought of this is how I should act or this is how I should be. Mm-hmm. And then when they get around someone who is just as messed up as they are, but they see a church title or like Leah said, mm-hmm. oh, you work at a church or, hey, you're a pastor, or whatever it may be, it's like people get weird. And so, some man, most of the time, I don't tell people. Like, I would say 99% of the time, wherever we're at in the city, I do not tell them that I'm a pastor. I Same. avoid it at all costs. It's not, not that I'm ashamed to be a pastor. 
Uh, but like we shared on Sunday, Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Sometimes I just don't like to tell people I'm a pastor because they have such a negative connotation of yeah. what that means. All the baggage that immediately comes into the conversation yes. because of that. Yeah, it's true. I feel like people are more receptive to spiritual things just overall. But I think like Leah, like your uncle, was mm-hmm. it? Just that has just been happening like more than I've ever experienced. Yeah. And people want to know. It's almost like God is just drawing people to himself and he is using us and putting people in our in our way uh, to meet them. And, and so it is a different time, I think, right now. I think it may be because like, there is so much false information yeah, everywhere in our world, yes. and people just crave and just desire for just truth. Mm. Just like, I mean, it doesn't even have, to, like, Scripture, yes, is truth, but just in general, I think yeah. people are just craving truth, and yeah. whenever they figure out and they understand that the Word is the truth, yeah. It like it just brings on a whole different, especially in our world today, because so yeah, many man. people are lost. Yeah, I also had an experience the other day where I did the same thing y'all were talking about. I waited to tell someone what I did, um, just because I could tell where the conversation was going, <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want them to feel bad, <laughs> you know, because they're being themselves. And but as soon as I said what I did, she immediately was like oh my gosh, can I come check it out? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone there. Wow. Exactly, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm glad I brought it up. Because mm-hmm. I was I was totally going to, like, stray away from it. But the Lord was like, nope, you got to say it, because she needs to come. Did they come? Yeah. Praise the Lord. They're <laughs> so good. You know, when you get rejected, it's not your, you don't take credit for that. Right. But then when the message is accepted, wow. like, like when people get saved. or That's so you know, good. But that it's like, good, but we also don't take credit for that. And right. so right. God gets the glory. This And this goes back to uh, the, a theological term, the providence of God, God's sovereignty. So like that, okay, all of this is God. Like we have such a small part to play. Yes, we do have a part to play, but it's the Lord that chooses and appoints people in times. And I just think that is such a good thing to remember. And it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, we do the sharing, the people do the responding. Yeah, God does the saving. And then I was thinking when when you said a lot of people have heard parts of the gospel. So our one, my one job is to share, and a lot of times that I screw that up because I'm not actually <laughs> sharing. It's like like Leah said, it's like as simple as it is. Yeah, it's like some people have only heard yeah. the bad news. You're a sinner you know, and they've been beat down by That's a good. church and they've never heard the good news after that, or they've only heard the good news. God is love. There's no reason to turn from your way. And, uh, the, the thought that we get to be the ones to, to actually share the truth, like you were saying, Micah, is, uh, is an amazing thing. My dad shared an encouragement with me before I accepted this job way back when, and I have never forgotten it. And he's, I was like, am I making the right choice? Like, this is kind of scary going into ministry, all this stuff. And he was like, Leah, you're going to be a part of setting people free. Mm. How much more could you want? And I was like, oh, you're right. Papa Matt. 
What a Shout stud. Awesome. What a stud. This, uh, this, and I don't know how true what I'm about to share is, um, but it was very interesting. And I always try to share, like if I'm saying it on a Sunday or whatever, I always try to say, hey, I, I read this. I don't know fully what I believe about this or how true this is. But a lot of theologians believe, and any, any, anybody in even the fishing industry uh, would say this, if you were to spend three nights, three days in a, in a fish, the acid inside the stomach of a fish would have had a physical effect and you would be like, like if somebody looked at you, they would say, Oh, you, something's different about you. And I read that and I was like, dude, I got chills right now. Just thinking about it. Cause I remember when I gave my life to God, I got right with God, not in the belly of a fish, but in a very low place in my life. And things were visibly different about me. I remember I was playing baseball. I came back to practice, came back to school, came back to the same classrooms, came back to the party scene, came back, like all of, I was back in the same environment, but people could tell I had been inside a fish. Mm. Like my life looked different. I talked different. It wasn't perfect. I was, I was barely saved. It was like right at the edge. And, but it's almost like everything about my life was different. And we shared this on Sunday that when you repent, there there's change that comes with that. It's a change of direction. The Ninevites, they change their mind. They change their, their heart. They change their direction. They, they, they fasted before God. They heard the message. They responded. And we, we, the point on Sunday was repentance requires change. And man, I'm going to tell you, when I started talking about the good news and the bad news, it's like the air got sucked out of the room. Yeah. And I think I know why. I've, I've spent some time with the Lord asking, like, why does it always, why does it always get so tense when it's just the simplicity, the truth of the Word of God? And I think it's because a lot of people filter their, their current experience through past experiences. And so, like we've talked about the Bible Belt, we've talked about people who've been burned by churches or a pastor or a leader or a Christian or whatever— a lot of people are hearing, and it's like something will spark something, and it's like, oh, I, re- I have this memory. Mm-hmm. This was hellfire and brimstone back in the day. Right. This was, you know, whatever. And it's like I can see the faces of everyone on stage, and I'm like, oh, that struck a chord with someone. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to me. Well, I think the word that you used, watered down, mm. because it, honestly, it's watered down either way you go. You know, it's watered down if you're just preaching hellfire and brimstone. It's watered down if you're just preaching wow. sloppy agape. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's good. And so the term watered down is so widely used. I've never heard it put that way, Micah. Like when somebody's preaching hellfire and brimstone, they're still missing the love and grace. Right. And so that's kind of watered down. When someone's just preaching, oh, Jesus loves you. Yes, that is true. It's biblically accurate, but also... If you do not put faith in Christ, there is a judgment that will come. There is reality. Hell is a reality. Heaven is a reality. So if you don't have the balance, that when you said that, that's the word that came to mind. There's this balance, and there is urgency with the gospel. Mm-hmm. Love and grace and truth high centers both of it centers both of these. But then right. also there's there's judgment, uh, yeah. and there's there's turning and repentance. Right, repenting of your sin. I've had this thought about repentance because you said. I think when people hear that, yeah, depending on if they've only heard like a hellfire and brimstone Mm. kind of thing, 
But the power of that is if if you are truly changed by God, and a lot of people use the word radically saved, mm-hmm. where in in Seth is like your testimony is it's like you completely were different, but you weren't perfect. You were you would still sin. Oh yeah. So it's like what's the difference? The difference is your mindset towards your sin. Yes. Like your mindset isn't. If I sin, I can't be a Christian. Mm. Your mindset is now, when I sin, I actively, constantly want to turn away from it. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people feel like you have to be perfect to be a Christian. Mm. And that's not true, but you're always supposed to be striving for that. Yeah. And I feel like that's what yeah. changes. I've, you know, when I sin, it's like I feel bad. Like I right. just, there, <laughs> there's like, you, you have this like, something in you that wants to always turn from it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people that you talk to about if, if whatever their experience has been with churches, they shy away from that conversation because they feel like what you're saying is you have to be perfect. Right. And so that's like when we meet somebody and we say we work for a church or if you're just a Christian and you, as soon as you say you're a Christian immediately, that's what people are like, Oh, you, you're perfect. You think you're perfect. Mm. That's the only way you could be a Christian. They label all these in the Bible, I thought of a scripture when Micah was talking. Um, it says that that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Mm. Mm. And I feel like, you know, with the whole watered down faith, anything healthy, the enemy is just going to always twist that. Yeah. And any anything healthy growing, it's gonna be like, oh well, the reason it's growing is because it's watered down. Mm. The reason they're radically, they're just act, they're putting on a front. God's not really radically changing people's lives. Um and that could be the case sometimes. Yeah. And it could be the case sometimes, but... And I'll I'll honor our pastor, our founding pastor, uh, Pastor Rick Bizet, because I remember when I first heard him speak, and then really all of the different people he's raised up over the years, including myself, I've always learned, and and honestly, the the whole name, story, potential thing has come through observation of how people do ministry at our church. And I'm not saying it's perfect, I'm just saying it has been very effective, and I think it really honors God. And the reason I say that is because I, I've watched staff members, pastoral staff, different people, leaders, get to know people before trying to invade all the different areas of their life. What could be different? What could mm-hmm. be better? You should change this. You should do that. It's like, oh, man, this person cares about me. Like, I'm, my name is known. Yeah. My story has been heard. They have empathized with that. They have heard me out. They have checked in on me. And yes, there's urgency with the gospel, but I know they care way more just about my life. Yeah. It keeps it keeps you honest. Yes. Like if, if, if you're always thinking it's not just about uh, what I can get from this person, but it's about I truly care for this person. Yes. That I'm going to spend the time. Yeah, and I think it's, it. it's why, uh, and I talk with a lot of older people at our church, they'll say, man, I cannot believe you said that from stage. I hear this almost every Sunday, at least two Sundays a month. I cannot believe you said that. I'm talking about simple things about being addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addicted to pornography, um, sex before marriage. All Saying the, things. the word pornography. Porno- they're like, like what? Oh yeah, it's like all of those. Yeah, it's like this is who I was before Christ. Why would I not tell the world about it? Right. And I think that that should be way more normal mm-hmm. coming from a pulpit instead of, Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter one. Let's sing from the hymnal and let's let's act like everything is perfect. You're not mm. going to hear about my sin. I just I'm not sure about that. 
Yeah, because people who are in that life right now need to see that there is something else for them mm. on the other side of salvation. It's good. Like life does get better. Yes. Right. And they need to see that like, oh, somebody else has dealt with this. I'm not alone. Mm. And think about it. If you were if you were the enemy of the Lord, if you were Satan, what would you do? You would try to steal the testimonies. Mm-hmm. Right. Make people they overcame by the by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So you do everything you can to steal mm. anyone from talking about it. Man, yeah, I, I was I was just like I had this picture in my head, and I don't know if I've seen it in a movie or something. But in terms of like knowing someone's name and like being able to speak to their potential or correcting or whatever that looks like, I just I imagine like a football coach. Mm like teaching, you know, a player or whatever, they're like, hey, you need to do this. And the player just turning and looking at the coach and just saying, you don't even know my name. It's like, wow, that's what, like, that's what I imagine. Wow. It's like, bro, why would you, you don't even know who I am. Mm. And I don't know why I just got that picture in the middle of, of us talking about, like you just talking about that, but I was just like, man. That's what it's like. That's what it's like telling people mm. what they're doing is wrong without having a relationship with them. Yeah, that's what. That's how people feel with the Lord. Whenever they they've experienced hurt by people who love the Lord. Man, I you just reminded me of a story. Uh, I was in a room with a with a group of pastors, and there was a and obviously I'm not going to say any names. There was a guy bragging about how many people had come to know the Lord, how many baptisms, how many attendance, all of these different things, these metrics. And I'm not, the metrics are great. Metrics are important. It's how we measure things. It's not the most important thing, okay? Um, And then I learned this from one of these guys who I've learned a lot of things from. Um, He said, that's awesome. He said, do you know any names? And the guy was looking at him. I mean, you would have thought his eyes would have fell out of his head. He was looking at him. And then he said, better yet, he was like, how many people are on your like core team? And he, the guy was like, oh, it was 75, 100. You know, we've got so many leaders. And he said, awesome. He said, uh, he said, do you know their families? Do you know how many kids they have? Do you know their kids' hobbies? Do you know where the parents work? Do you know when's the last time they went on a family vacation? And I mean, basically saying, do you know, do you know who these people are? And man, I had a front row seat to a very uncomfortable moment. Wow. But it was so life giving in the sense that it, and for me, I learned a very valuable lesson. It's like knowing the knowing the story is everything. Yeah. Knowing the name is everything. Mm. And it's so important, you guys, that as we lead in a church, especially for us, like that we know people that we're able to know their story, that we speak to their potential. I want to read this. Um, You referenced it, Andrew. I want to read it again. I said, one of the things that keeps me up at night as a pastor is knowing that there are so many people, and I've been in this camp before, there's so many people that think they are repenting, but what they are actually doing is telling God sorry and continuing to live a life in sin. And, and so then we read Jonah 3, verse 6. It says, When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, and then he took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, 
and he sat down in the dust. And I have been ministered to by this passage, this king and his response. A king on his first day of following God teaches us more about repentance than I've heard from most pastors. Mm -hmm. Number one, receive the word of God. The word reaches the king. Number two, get off the throne. He rose from the throne. Number three, take off pride. He took off his royal robes. Number four, put on humility. He covered himself in sackcloth, which was really uncomfortable. It was made of goat's hair. And and then he does the, the ultimate. He gets low before God, number five, and he sat in the dust. Jonah teaches us the urgency of sharing the gospel. Nineveh and the king, they teach us the urgency of responding to it. And I just think, you guys, we have to stay in that place mm -hmm. to where we boldly share. But then also that we, this is the interesting dynamic of being a Christ follower, is we are called to respond to it as well. Right. Yeah, and I think it was really cool, you know, what you said yesterday is like um, the message must be clear. And, and there were just two like simple phrases that you said that I think if we, along with name, story, potential, you know, know their name, hear their story, speak to their potential. Right after that, I think the the next best thing, you said it yesterday was, or Sunday, simply care and simply share. Mm. It's like if, if we just simply care really about good. people and, and what people like are going to do in their life, who they are, care about them, and then just simply share. And then right off that, right Right before that, you said God wants to us to use our life and our mouth to preach the gospel. Mm. So I've I've heard it said a bunch of times, and I say this a lot: is preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Mm. Before we shared the good news and the bad news of the gospel, um, or the bad news before the gospel, uh, not the bad news of the gospel. <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> Um, I said, imagine making an egg or imagine making an omelet with no mm -hmm. eggs and imagine making a chocolate cake with no chocolate. And then what, what I said was that would be a really weird omelet and that would be a really weird cake. And I think sadly over the last, I mean, really since Christianity has existed, we right. have heard a very weird version of the gospel. And if we are not careful and if we are not filled with humility and integrity and sharing the word of God. That's why it's so important yeah. to, to when you share the word of God, to be in a place to where you are humbled before God, mm. man, if there's any pride in it, if there's anything else, it is not going to go well. Yeah. But then we said, well, what is the gospel? The gospel is good news and it's for bad people. There's yeah. good news. There's bad people. We all are sinners. If we claim to be without sin, then, and we deceive ourselves, the truth of God is not in us. The good news is that while we were still sinners, God demonstrated his own love for us. Jesus died for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then Romans 10, um, that if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's good. That's it. So good. That's it. It's the gospel. 
Lee, are you ready to rededicate your life? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, chapter one is running from God. Jonah's running from God. Chapter two, he is running uh, to God. He, he turns, he's praying, and he comes back to the Lord. Chapter three is he's running with God. This is doing the work of God. And then, uh, spoiler alert for this <laughs> Sunday, Jonah in chapter four runs against God. And, and it's interesting because he thinks he has a better way. He's actually frustrated with God because God saved 120,000 people. And I, I believe, just like it's written in the New Testament, um, oftentimes in the Word, women and children were not included in that number. So I think it was actually closer to 300,000 people personally. Yeah. Um, I can't prove that, but I do think that Nineveh was way more people than just 100,000. And... Um, just imagine seeing uh, the largest revival I've covered in chills in the history, and then you being the mouthpiece for it. You go through the city and you preach, you knock on doors, you stand on roofs, and you you share, repent, 40 days or the city will be overthrown. And then when you see the whole city get saved, you go on a hillside and you pout mm. and you complain and you tell God three times, it's better for me to die than to live. And then God says, what is, literally says, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You're not responsible for any of this. It, it, God does the saving. You do the sharing. People do the responding. And you can rest assured in that. And then he ends by telling him there are over 100,000 people that do not know their left hand from their right I'm excited to preach chapter four. This is one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And uh, I'm going to read this last little thing, and then Leah's going to pray. Real belief leads to real repentance. Real repentance leads to real change. Real change leads to really helping other people change. Mm. We talked about the Mercedes-Benz commercial. There was a car that collides into a wall. This was really early on in, in car technology and airbags and the way that they would build the frame so that it wouldn't collapse in and all those things. And this technology had not been patented. And uh, a reporter came and was, you know, kind of asking Mercedes-Benz, hey, why are you guys showing the rest of the world this technology? It hasn't been patented. Why would you do this? This is a money-making machine, all this stuff. And uh, and the reporter asked this company, why are you not keeping this a secret? And I, I read this quote in a report. The, the person representing Mercedes-Benz said, because some things in life are too important not to share. When lives are at stake, why would you keep such good news to yourself? And I was like, that'll preach. Mm. When eternity is at stake, why would we not share the good news? Leah, will you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, we love you. Um, God, we are so thankful for your simple gospel, Lord. God, yes. thank you that you love sinners um, and that you want us in relationship with you, Lord. Thank you that you sent your son to die a death that he did not deserve um, and defeat death um, so that we could live in eternity with you, Lord. Thank you for that love and that grace. God, thank you for the example that you give us in the book of Jonah. Thank you for the king who humbles himself and gets down in the dirt 
um, in humility and repentance. Lord, let us live our lives like that. Um, God, let us seek truth always um, and not water it down, Lord God. Um, let us be bold in our invitations yes. to this good news, Lord, this week um, and throughout our lives. And God, let us not um, hold the good news for ourselves. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome. <laughs> 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 <laughs>